Uh, welcome to Cosplay and Cocktails. This is Paige. And I am Jesse. as always. As always. Uh, hey, Jesse, you got any nerd news? Um, no, I don't Nothing. think so. No. I mean, we saw those rumors that Jodie Whittaker might be leaving Doctor Who, but nothing from any Have reputable... Have you watched the New Year's special yet? No. Me either. Uh, I taped it. I want to. I taped it. Yeah. Or I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Uh, I think I need to go back. I'm missing some episodes. Yeah, me too. Um, so I need to go back and read. Yep. Uh, cocktail corner. Uh, Just made a cocktail. I did. I made a cocktail. It could also be a mocktail. It's Pokemon themed. Sounds about it. Uh, it's delicious. A Pokemon called Applin. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't really know because uh, it's like text. And uh, anyway, uh, so this is an Applin cocktail because it's apple. It's just uh, if you want a if you wanted a more alcoholic version, I used uh, apple soda, green apple pop. You could use like uh, you could use like apple schnapps, yeah. yeah. Uh, or an apple flavored liqueur if you wanted. Uh, and then we use sparkling wine, but you could use sparkling grape if you wanted it to be, or even, uh, I guess you really wouldn't need seltzer since it's like if you, but, uh, I would, yeah, put like maybe a sparkling grape in it, uh, instead of the wine. That's very good. Yep. It is good. Nice and fizzy and light. Uh, yeah. Applin's a pretty cute Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, not the cutest Pokemon. That's Charmander. No way! Pikachu's way cuter than Charmander. And, no, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with Charmander, but there's way cuter Pokemon than Charmander. Fair. Um, Squirtle Squad, when they're wearing the little sunglasses. Squirtle Squad with their sunglasses. Oh, Pikachu. Pikachu is probably the cutest. Or Snorlax is really cute. I think that's a lot of people's opinion is that Pikachu is the best. Well, Pikachu is the most famous. Psyduck's really cute. He's... So, today on the episode, we're not just going to talk about Pokemon. We have an interview with an amazing cosplayer, um, Shasta. Uh, yeah, you can find her on Instagram, at Sci-Fi Cheer Girl, and she does a lot of really cool um, historical cosplays and uh, historical mashup cosplays, and we um, are just really excited to talk to her. So, so welcome, uh, Shasta. It is so exciting to have you on with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? And that can be con-related or cosplay-related, uh, or it doesn't have to be, basically. Okay. Well, my name is Shasta. Um, I am an introvert. <laughs> I love to read. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, I love to read, but I don't make enough time for it. Um, I dance a lot. I've been dancing since I was little. Um, I don't make a lot of time for that either. Um, I'm that kind of person who has difficulty saying no when people ask for help. (laughs) And because of that, um, I started a small press publishing company with my friends, like as a hobby. So that's... Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You know, like you do. Um, (laughs) it's, it's it's, It's awesome to be able to work with my friends. And again, it's a hobby. It's not like a full time thing, but it kind of gives us a creative outlet and you know a chance for me to use the English degree that I paid for and never used um so fun um 
I married my college sweetheart and we have two perfect babies who are not babies. They're almost as big as me now. Um, (laughs) they're huge. Um, we also have fish. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm super exciting (laughs) over here. So do you have a favorite cocktail? Right now during plague time, it's whatever whiskey and apple juice are called when you mix them together. <laughs> because I can I, I never I don't think I've ever tried whiskey no, and apple like, juice. Not, it's so easy that. because I can get the big bottles <laughs> and I don't have to like go out and you know get all garbed up to go outside and grab a, cu- a few right? things. So whatever that is, that's my favorite cocktail. Yeah, Yeah, Jesse's writing it down so that we have it for future uses. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've ever. I love whiskey. Whiskey's my favorite uh, spirit. Mine too. So I don't think I've ever had it with apple juice. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be good whiskey or good apple juice because it's really more (laughs) of a what's the efficacy of these two things together? Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Okay. Do you have a favorite fandom? Um, Anything that is space-based science fiction, so Star Trek, Doctor Who, Star Wars, um, no particular order. Um, for cosplay, though, I prefer comic books because they're I can pick them up off the shelf. I can get a bunch of different designs for any character, and that's you know that's what I can run home and make. But yeah, generally, yeah, that's it's a really science good fiction. point with comic books being able to use them, like have the references right there right. And, and multiple, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every comic book character has like 1,500 different outfits. So, you know, that are recognizable. Yep. So. Right. And I will wear them right. all. And it gives you a little bit more freedom with your designing too, because it is animation compared to, you know, a celebrity. Yeah. Or, yep. Yeah. Movie Good costumes do not point. make me happy right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> when and what was your first experience with costume making? Um, so my mom made our costumes when like Halloween costumes and like stuff for school when my brother and I were younger. So that gave me an appreciation for like sewing, but I wasn't actually allowed to sew. Um, so Mm -hmm. I ended up like teaching myself, um, to hem like my skirts, which had nothing to do with costuming, but I did want to have short skirts in private school. So that's, (laughs) that's how I learned to sew. And then when I got out of college, um, my friends and I started going to Renaissance fairs. And at that point I became obsessed with historical costuming. And then my coworkers at my first like big girl job um, took me to my first Comic-Con and now it's, it's completely out of control. Um, <laughs> I have a basement full of <laughs> costumes and I have a whole sewing studio with like a bunch of fabric all over the floor and everything. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah. That's interesting. We've had a lot of uh, I guess on the podcast they that their mom or grandma made their Halloween costumes, uh-huh. was, which I just think is interesting. My uh, mom, my mom made yeah. mine. Yeah. <laughs> my mom is, is not crafty. She's a <laughs> wonderful woman, but not crafty at all. So it's yeah. just interesting, like the that correlation. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, okay, so as a cosplayer or a costumer, how, how did you deal with 2020 and getting your creative juices going? Um, I was in denial about 
everything shutting down oh, and all the us too, us too oh yeah <laughs> if you listen back to our episodes like at the beginning of 2020 it's really depressing because we're like oh. well like we just went to this um c2e2 convention and like i guess there's like this coronavirus <laughs> thing now yeah. and then we're like well when we go to dragon con in september right. like, like, it'll be over by then for sure like <laughs> if it's not over i said so many times if it's not over by dragon con the economy is going to collapse yes. i didn't think that that was going to be actually what would happen <laughs> and here we are yeah, it's pretty depressing oh, listening yeah. to how naive and yeah. dumb we were so i felt oh my gosh i and i look back to you know march which was we had just come back from um a friend does like a kind of uh families all get together and we do like our own little gaming convention and we had just come back from that and we're like oh this will be fine we're gonna stay home for like a week maybe two right. um but I, I hope it doesn't interfere with my spring cons because you know I've got a con coming up in two weeks and then all of those spring ones just moved to the fall so it's like oh I still have time I can just sit back I I can finish my costumes that I was going to make and then I can make extra ones thinking I'm going to have you know a couple of weeks or a couple months extra time exactly that is not what happened I was lied to and I'm still sad (laughs) but to cope with that once I realized that like we were going to be in this for the long haul I just started like pulling projects from my um my notebook you know my ideal list or whatever and I started just making little pieces of it. It might be like, um, I've been kind of heavy into 18th century for the last couple of years. So I would like mm-hmm. pull out and make a pocket or something. Um, right. And I got into a lot more historical sewing, which is where I started. So that was, it was nice. It was good for me to like get back to hand sewing and just making stuff because I could make it. But now we're at this point where I made so much stuff during 2020. Like I could go to a reenactment for the weekend and not have to repeat clothes. So it's great. I've become a better, you know, seems I've been sewing for probably 30 years. So it's fun to see how much more I was able to do just by not having to go to events. But I'm also ready to like, leave the house for a weekend, <laughs> perhaps. Right. <laughs> I commend you for like continuing sewing and crafting during like, because we, you know, like I said, we were also in denial. So we bought all of our stuff that we would need for our Dragon Con cosplays that we had planned, you know, months in advance to even buying anything. And we got it all at the very, we just actually went back and looked at like when we ordered stuff and we ordered stuff like right after the first shutdown started because we were like, well, this is a really good chance for us to like start making stuff. (laughs) And then we started uh on a couple things and then we very quickly stopped because we were like well now we have no idea when we're actually going to get aware of this yep. like and just all creativity um yep. now we have done you know for the podcast different closet co- cosplays and little projects for the podcast which has been nice but it's not the same no. it's not the same uh work put, or you know pride in your work and stuff but but you guys yeah, have we, didn't, so we didn't get fun. ambitious like you did i love it what is your favorite part of cosplaying? I like to complete tasks. So I have a spreadsheet for every costume that I make, um, which <laughs> doesn't actually count for anything I did in 2020 because I was just like pulling fabric off the shelf and just making right. things with it. But normally I just love to kind of check things off the spreadsheet. Um, and then I can like post a picture of it in my Instagram story. And I just feel like I'm doing 
a little bit at a time. Of course, by the time I get to the end of a full project, I'm like, oh, well, I want to do the next thing. I don't need, actually need to wear this. <laughs> I just wanted to check my little boxes. So right. definitely completing tasks. Uh, what is your least favorite part? Um, I hate repeating myself. So, and this is like gluing feathers to a wing harness that's like taller than me. Like I just, once I get through like the first couple rows, I'm over it. I don't want to do it anymore, but I've got a pile of like 500 feathers that need to be glued down. Um, I yes. don't like those repetitive tasks, like um, matching rhinestone motifs because I'm never going to pick something that I could just get right out of the package. I'm always going to design this ridiculous thing and then have to make it match on both sides, um, like for uh, a corset or something that's got, you know, right. stones dripping. Like they have to match. And if they don't match, I'm going to be out. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to deal with it. But also once I've glued the first set of rhinestones, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> and I don't like have interns in my studio to do it for me. So, Yeah. If you could only cosplay one genre for the rest of your life, would you choose would you choose sci-fi or fantasy and why? I would choose fantasy um, because of the crossover to historical costume. That's kind of like my way into anything. And I am terrible with spandex. I, as much as I love <laughs> space stuff, future tech and layering textures and incorporating tech into those things, like LEDs, which I've done before, it just feels very intimidating if I have to think it up for myself. <laughs> so yeah. if I can do fantasy, then, you know, I can just grab a piece of fabric and put it on another piece of fabric in a very historical looking fantasy way and like add some leaves or shit, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Leaves or shit. <laughs> yeah. right, you've just named the episode. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have a favorite cosplay or costume uh, that you have done over the years? I do. Um, it's Renaissance Batgirl, uh, which I finished officially in 2012. Um, I'm always adding things onto her or making things slightly different or like changing the, um, the pants or whatever. But mm -hmm. she is my absolute favorite. Um, I made her to go with my husband's Superman costume that I did for Ren Fair back in 2009, probably. He can still fit his. <laughs> and this is the one costume that I can always fit because it's, you know, it's laces up the side. So it's very size adjustable, right. um, which is fantastic because I am at Ren Fair. I am either drinking or I am eating and I need to have that flexibility. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, listen, yes. <laughs> we feel that. <laughs> uh, do you have a least favorite cosplay that you've done? I do. And I had to think about this one. So um, Elena from the comic book saga, um, the like the, the very first one, the, the story opens when she's like having a baby. So um, that was the first family costume that I put together after our youngest was born. We have two babies. Um, so my husband and I were Marco and Elena and our eldest was Isabel, the ghost. And, um, my son was Hazel baby's first crossplay, um, <laughs> which was adorable. Uh, and nobody can tell cause you know, he's like three months old, but right. he was very tiny. I was very frazzled and sleep deprived. I never really finished the costume. Everybody else looked fine. Cause I, you know, obviously I'm a mom, I get to everybody first and then I'll deal with myself. Last. Right. Of course. Um, and then we went to just a small local con. It was 
right at that three month mark. So we were like barely supposed to be out with a new baby, but it was fine. You know, I, um, I think Elena even has like a wrap in the comic book. So I was like, Oh, I have a green sheet. I can make a wrap. And that part was fine. But just like my hair was wrong. My wings were like missing pieces. I already didn't feel very comfortable with myself. I was just like a hot mess, miserable. Um, and you know, everybody's really nice. And they're like, Oh, I love saga or whatever. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel that. Um, and then to make it worse, we wore it one more time um, at a Comic-Con later that year. And we randomly decided to enter the cosplay contest, which I never do because I do not like competition for myself. I love helping other people do it, but not for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And just that experience of sitting around all day in a costume I was not comfortable in, even though it's like jeans and a t-shirt and two small kids. I was just, I'm miserable. I think that one is sitting in a box in the basement and it might have been flooded. Like, I don't even care. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like you're in time out yep Get out never want to see it again so as a cosplayer and a parent what challenges do you face uh trying to balance the two and to include your kiddos well the biggest challenge is splitting time between the hobby and you know just sitting on the couch and playing video games or you know whatever um but i feel like that that's for any parent like you you want to find that balance to like be a good parent uh you know and not totally ignore them but also have your right exactly because i am a human person and i would like to keep that you know for me (laughs) but um we're always constant we are constantly trying to figure out what to expose the kids to and how to include them in an age appropriate way in fandom. And especially when we do take them to conventions, because we consider most of our convention schedule to be, um, you know, a family activity. Cause we don't take, we don't get to go to Disney or like, you know, travel. We, I think we went on a cruise a few years ago and we were all just a little bit miserable because we, we were, you know, ball gowns and a bunch of food that we don't normally eat at home. Like it was just, weird. Right. it wasn't really our thing. There was no geeky thing on this entire cruise. But um, when we do to co- go to conventions, those are our family vacations and the kids love it. They get to dress up in costume. Um, of course, another challenge is that when we're, you know, in real life, the kids might mention to their school friends like, oh, and I had this costume on and went to a convention and was reading comic books. And some of these kids, they don't have that reality uh, or fantasy, however you look at it. And they, you know, ask our kids a bunch of questions. And then our kids are like, why are they asking me this? Doesn't their mom make costumes? Like, no, (laughs) no, they don't. (laughs) And that's fine. You know, not everybody has to, but um, you know, it's, it's, those are my biggest challenges is just finding the time and then making sure that the kids understand which parts are, you know, this is our fun time and this is our every other, t- our mundane time or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard. Um, I don't involve my kids nearly as much as you do um, just through looking through your social media and stuff. Um, I, we, Jesse and I took my oldest, who is now 10, to a convention when he was five in sh- Chicago. So we... We went and we just did one day at the convention and it was, it was great and fine. We had a good time. But uh, for me, my convention time is like my right. time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like my, but I, that's my, that's my time. You know, it's my, it's my thing with my best yep. friend, you yep. know, and um, 
but I, my youngest has been when she was a baby and she will take her again at some point. And my middle child now is at begging to go. And we told her <laughs> this year we would take her to a local convention with us and let her cosplay. And then of course uh, she keeps going, when do I get oh, a girl? No. Like, Next time there is one, I promise. <laughs> as long as it's not Dragon Con, you can go. Oh yeah, no, absolutely so. not. <laughs> So, yeah, but I think it's really awesome to see how different parents, you know, incorporate their, you know, uh, let their kids come into that space. Because, you know, like you said, there are appropriate uh, and inappropriate times for kids at conventions. And I like some of the bigger conventions would be too much for to take a kid to like, especially Dragon Con when about like things get dark. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Not so family appropriate. (laughs) Absolutely. So anyway, I really, I really enjoyed seeing uh, how much your kids were incorporated into a lot of your costumes. Oh yeah. I can't get away from them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How do you deal with any feelings of competition or comparison within the cosplay community? I don't really deal with it at all. Um, So at first, like, oh God, 20 years ago, Um, I was too dumb to realize that like my costumes weren't great. Like I was just happy to, that I was allowed to go to a place in costume and just like sit on the side and drink and watch other people in costume do things. That was, that was the best day for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So when it then came to realizing that there were probably groups of people or fanboys who don't like my comic book stuff, or, you know, they might be judging my work on a personal level rather than an, actual competition setting sort of way I just I didn't know how to deal with it so I just didn't and now I'm just too old to care like I want to do my part (laughs) to like lift other people up and not let all of the other stuff impact what I'm making or how I'm interacting with the community online especially or at physical events I just you know I just let it roll off my back and if I do start to feel insecure or unsure of how people are going to react I usually add something extra to the costume because the more far out and ridiculous it is uh for people to get the more they leave me alone so (laughs) that's been great (laughs) how do you think your life would be different uh if you had never gotten into cosplay I would definitely yeah I would definitely have more time for reading and for gaming which I don't get to do much of anymore like I sneak in 15 minutes of like Animal Crossing every day just to like do my dailies and I'll you know (laughs) read some smut for 15 minutes before bed or something like just those things because um like I don't sew outside of cosplay so I'm not mending curtains or fixing people's hems or I no I wouldn't have four sewing machines if it weren't for this um, which is fine because I love even though I love sewing I just wouldn't do it outside of costuming as far as I imagine but um, when I was introduced to Comic-Con I was already um, I was very involved in competitive cheerleading so I was like a judge I was a coach I was teaching gymnastics classes all that sort of thing so that was my entire life and then I got you know old <laughs> and like it had reached its natural end. So right after that, I picked up dancing, uh, specifically belly dance and folkloric dances. So if I didn't have cosplay, I would probably be dancing, I guess. But that's about it. Cause I don't do, I don't do a whole lot. I'm kind of boring <laughs> outside of it. <laughs> Any future cosplays or cosplays in progress? 
that you're extra excited about? <laughs> um, yes and no. So I have a handful of historical mashups uh, that are in various stages of construction. So I've got um, Regency Sailor Mercury, which is like sitting on the table next to me. Um, I've just started the, the stays. So that's very exciting because uh, I've never done Regency before. And oh. yeah, everybody's into that right now because of like Bridgerton and all the other Because of Bridgerton? <laughs> but I was like already there. I was like ready for Regency. And then this comes out like, oh, well, now everybody's going to do it. I guess we're going to have a bunch yep. of Regency. <laughs> and that's fine. Like I'm down with it because we're all going to walk into the same events and, you know, sip tea or whatever right. it is you do. Um, but I also have been working on Medieval Princess Zelda and an Elizabethan mm-hmm. Hawk Girl. And I've been working on them for a while, like all of this past year, but I need to upgrade my embroidery machine so that I can finish them. So um, I've got those. And then I have a couple of less complex Star Wars inspired historical costumes that I want to get to, but I also have no events. So as much as I'm excited about things, like I can keep making them, but I I don't know when I'm going to get to wear them outside of like my backyard photo shoots that I've been doing. Right. (laughs) So you mentioned your uh, historical mashup cosplays, Mm -hmm. and I have to tell you, so we were flipping through your social media, and uh, last Dragon Con, yeah, Dragon Con 2019, we decided, like, I think at the previous Dragon Con that we wanted to do a Rococo-themed something. Mm -hmm. We knew we wanted to do Rococo, but we just didn't know what, like, what mashup we wanted to do with it. And we finally settled on X-Men. And we were like, well, we've never seen that before. We've never seen an X-Men Rococo oh my gosh. Uh, mashup. Like, let's do that. So I did uh, Emma Frost <laughs> and Jesse did Gambit. <gasps> and then as we were scrolling through your uh, Instagram, I was like, oh, oh my, my goodness. I was like, shoot, what if we would have seen Where were you? Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. So we just got really excited because we thought we were like, oh, nobody's done. Not that we yeah. were like, oh, we're the first, but we were like, oh, nobody's done this before. Right. Like, we'll do this. Right. And we would have lost our minds if we would have yeah. seen I you. Know. Well, you, know, like you said like you when you do a historical mashup like that, you do kind of run the risk of people not really getting they it. Never do because there yep. were definitely people that didn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> we got a lot. We really loved those because it wasn't something we'd ever done before. Uh, like Rococo and just you know the the hair it's and the, so fun yeah. uh oh my gosh we loved it we loved it but we said like it's one of those that we loved because of what we did not because of the reaction it yeah. got now we did get a lot of positive reactions from it people were like you guys look gorgeous yeah. oh my gosh this is so cool but so many of them were like okay we don't really know what you are <laughs> yeah. but you look really good and we did have a couple people come up and be yeah, like, are you X-Men? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, like, so to see another one, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know exactly what <laughs> Yeah, We were so excited. The- and I wrote it down on my page. Yeah, and I have to, like, scroll through. I'm so excited. I have to, like, so excited. Like, I have to tell <laughs> how pumped we were. Yeah. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Who or what inspires you? as a good segue, history inspires me. Um, So, but like, as it relates to pop culture, so, so like Star Wars, for example, which gets a lot of um, kind of positive reactions and negative reactions, but they pull their costume design from, um, you know, 
earth cultures and like real cultures and then they mix some things in make it kind of sci-fi and you know that's where their inspiration comes from and usually that's how I do probably 80 percent of my costumes so for example everybody's working on Ahsoka stuff right now because you know that's right. the new hot thing and that's great because I love Ahsoka I'm down but I don't want to make that headpiece that headpiece does not make me happy and I am not interested. I don't like a lot of things. I don't even, <laughs> I barely like wigs on my head, but I realized at some point, like you have to have them. Um, right. But I thought, you know, what if I do her headpiece as hair instead, what would that look like? And then I was like, wait, wait, 16th century Venetian courtesan with the little hair horns. That's kind of like, oh, so yes. oh, let me do that. And then she, you know, they have the engravings with the, courtesans wearing you can see the breeches under their gowns like oh that's exactly what we're doing so now I'm going to use like sci-fi fabrics and at some point I the line is kind of blurred between where I started and like what historical nonsense I was going to throw in and then (laughs) so that's I am 100% inspired by history and that's just I think that's just the nature of um you know, studying it for so long. I thought I was going to work in a museum or a library and that's not what happened at all. <laughs> but this is how I get that out. So. Yeah. I, uh, just looking through, uh, your past cosplays, like I was like, Oh, this is just like making my brain. Spark. <laughs> like, just because like, I love, we loved our historical mashup so much and I've done a outlander, oh, yes. uh, tried to be, I did a lot of historical sewing with, or, you know, I tried to make st- I made stays yeah. and stuff like that and and so I loved I love wearing that kind of stuff and then seeing you combine them with other fandoms that we love I just I was getting very excited Yay! <laughs> yes that's what I want <laughs> more yeah uh do you have a favorite convention I do um and it's kind of a recent favorite because it's only oh gosh it's only a few years old um, and that is BlurredCon, which is a hotel-based convention outside of D.C. It's usually held in the summer. Um, and the turnout just grows by, like, tens of hundreds, thousands. I don't know. A bunch of people every year. Like, it's, it gets huge. Right. Like, they keep, well, back in the before times, they kept uh, selling out their hotels, like, within hours, kind of like in a DragonCon situation, as, uh, you know, I know. Right. Um, but it's very diverse. It's very inclusive. Um, and it's held the area where it's held around DC is like a ghost town on the weekends. Cause it's like, um, I want to say like a government kind of city, uh, I guess it's called crystal city, but it's an area where it's just a bunch of downtown businesses that are only open, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five or whatever. So as soon as those business people clear out, the city is a ghost town and we just have the run of all these really great Oh my gosh. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, you still have to deal with traffic, but like there's no buses or anything running around. It's so great. Um, but it, like I said, it's very diverse. It's very inclusive. As a black woman, I have never felt as safe at a convention from like just people being rude for no good reason or like right. um, even photographers like taking pictures that maybe are questionable. Um, it's just it's just such an amazing amazing con and even better there are food trucks for 72 hours which is great 
Ooh. I am 100% food, food motivated. Like, if I can get... Yeah, we, we are food and drink motivated <laughs> here in this podcast. That's, oh, yeah. Like, I can get to the hotel bar at any time or go to the other hotel bar at any time. There's pizza at 3 o'clock in the morning. It is, it's magical. Um, you know, dance parties, arcade, gaming rooms. Um, they had outdoor fire performers at the last one. Jesse is looking it up as we speak because we had never heard about it before we were perusing your uh, Instagram. And yeah, she got real excited about the Meg Cafe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and that's another, it's like, it's a, it's just a general pop culture convention. They do have family friendly programming, but this is one of the ones that we don't take the kids to. Like we keep telling them, yeah, one day we'll take you, but honestly, like we probably won't. (laughs) Right. <laughs> it, it's yeah. just fun. It's full of people who just want to have a nice time. They had like a barber shop, which is something that most people don't think about. You know, you're getting ready for con weekend, you're making your costume or whatever, and you might need to right. get your haircut. Um, but you don't have time for that. Well, you can set up, you know, 15 minutes at the con and you can get your haircut. It's just so fun. <laughs> they had a barbecue, like they had um a nerdlesque show so we were able to like get drinks there and then go watch the show and then head downstairs back to the arcade it was oh it's magical it started out like oh there's going to be um and blurred meanings uh black nerd um so right. a lot of people were like oh is this only for blurs that we were like absolutely not <laughs> why would you right. think that and it's more just to kind of wave the flag that yes this is an inclusive space and we just right. want everybody to come and hang out. No pressure. Like they have contests and things, but it's very much, you know, just bring what you have, walk on stage, have a good time, have a drink and, you know, sit back. So lots of fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Thank you for introducing <laughs> yeah. that to us. That is so cool. Um, okay. So when you're at a convention, I, I think I know the answer <laughs> to this, but do you prefer a solo cosplay or a group cosplay? I prefer solo cosplays because... Oh no, I was wrong. No. Well, there is a caveat. Like I do prefer solo because I do too many mashups to like get a bunch of people involved. Like I don't, I don't have friends. Nobody wants to play with me. Except for like my kids. So those are my group cosplays. My husband, he's totally down. As long as I make it, he will wear it. Um, Like he's worn, we did um, a Justice League of America family costume and we we did all magic users. So I was Hawk Girl, who technically is a magic user. Uh, My daughter was Zatanna. My son and my husband cosplayed as, oh gosh, I'm going to get this name wrong again. Uh, Johnny Thunder and thunderbolt and thunderbolt is a pink genie essentially so my husband put on a pink unitard uh straight unitard dance belt that was it um and walked around uh, i think it was free comic book day and walked around free comic book day and like people who have been into comic books since like you know the way back because i think i want to say they were like maybe silver age um comics and then they kind of did like a more modern version called Rakeem thunder in like the 2000s or something but um mm-hmm. they were just so excited like your your husband he's got a lot of he's got a lot of chops for dressing up in a pink leotard like he he just wants to be outside like it, it was fine <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just another thing so I prefer solo cosplay because that's easy for me I can just you know 
throw out whatever I want. Worry about your yeah, face but when it comes to group cosplay, yeah, I didn't think about the fact that you are literally putting together your group cosplay. Yep. <laughs> They're all me, so yeah. yeah. What has been your most challenging cosplay to date and why? Easiest question ever. So that would be Orko <laughs> from Masters of the Universe. Um, I recently did the Sideshow Collectibles version. There's a figurine that they did a few years ago. And Orko isn't the little guy that we all remember from the cartoon. He's, you know, he could theoretically be, you know, normal size. I'm less than 5'2", so that's perfect for me. Um, And I had to use my entire brain to make this costume. It was sewing, it was 3D printing, it was foam work, it was electronics, it was body paint. It was a lot. And that was for the one group cosplay that I was going to like that I actively went out and asked to be a part of which is like a huge thing for me to do because I'm crazy shy you know when I'm outside um right and I still have to do like the aging on it to make it have like burn marks and stuff but I don't like doing that because it took me months to make that costume (laughs) right you're like now I have to exactly (laughs) but also I don't have a deadline anymore because that was supposed to debut Uh, last year and uh so I don't have to worry about it. It's just sitting in the closet. So it was hard, but are you happy with it so far? So far, if I can get back into it by the time this is all over, yes. Um, like I wore it to take like kind of cause test pictures in the backyard and I absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. You can't see my face. You can't even see my hands. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I just, every time I'm finished a piece on that costume, I was just so proud of myself because I had to do all the 3D rendering myself, which I don't get to do a lot for historical costumes. Um, Like every once in a while, I might make a set of buttons that I want to be very specific, or I might make like, um, like a hat pin topper because they had a lot of, especially 18th century, like hat pins and um, even later than that. But I might want like a fancy hat topper or, oh, what are they called? Um, Lacing ring for uh, dirndls. Um, I made some X-Men themed lacing rings for a dirndl that I was wearing for one day but that's the kind of stuff that I love and this costume this orca costume had all of that in it so I I absolutely love it but it it took a lot out of me <laughs> if funds and time were not a factor what's that dream cosplay that you want to do oh she's sitting right in front of me um there's a variant cover of my little pony uh friendship is magic and it has rarity on the front and she is wearing late Elizabethan garb. So not the big cartwheel farthingales, but I mean, it could be if I made it that way, but just like a huge Elizabethan mm-hmm. gown. And it's got the huge ruff that takes up the whole portrait and her hair is all, you know, quaffed like Queen Elizabeth and, you know, but she's still a pony. And so right. I want to do that costume, but as a centaur because I still want to be able to wear the gown later. (laughs) So, which is super weird. And like the science doesn't track, but I'm more concerned with getting that dress on me. So we'll see. (laughs) Maybe one day it, but if I'm doing Elizabethan, I want to do it right. So I've got to fabric and I've got to spend, you know, months working on the rough and getting the right lace and all that. So that is my dream. Yeah. That does sound cool. Rarity is my favorite. I know. Uh, do you have a favorite con or cosplay story? I have a terrible memory, especially at those cons when I'm allowed to have like the fun fun. Um, 
But (laughs) I do have like a sweet kind of story. Um, It happened at a Philly convention a couple years ago. Um, I had just finished uh, judging the cosplay contest and with a bunch of other people. And it was one of those kind of laid back ones where you don't actually like check seams or anything. You just have the people walk across the stage and, you know, everybody cheers and then we pick, you know, who won. Um, But I was wearing my Georgian Storm that day. Um, So I have the huge Frances. I had to like get some people were there to like help me up the stage and carry the gown and all that. So it was super fun. Um, And at the end of the contest, I was talking to a group of contestants and one of the hosts flagged me down and said, hey, this cosplayer wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, God, it's somebody that didn't win. And I have to now, you know, calm them down. I've done that before. Right. It's fine. Like, I, I'm, <laughs> I say I'm a very positive person. And I just want people to, like, be happy and understand that it's not a personal situation. Like, it, it's just a contest. I understand that that is it for everybody, but not this one. This is... <laughs> this is not the time for that. So I'm like freaking out, but I've got the smile on my face and I go over and it ha- it turns out to be this teenager um, dressed in a gorgeous ball gown and she had been in the audience and apparently she just wanted to meet me. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> why would anybody want to meet me? Like I, my kids think I'm special, but I'm, I'm not that exciting. Um, it turns out that her grandmother had brought her out to the convention for just the day because apparently she had just gotten out of a wheelchair after being in it for like ever. And she had made her gown. She also was wearing a ball gown. It wasn't 18th century. It was very, it had like these gorgeous little um, like handmade flowers that she had like glued on, but she had made the whole gown and she had planned to enter the contest, but she saw all these other people and she's like, you know, I don't want to do this. So she sat through the entire, um, oh gosh, she sat through the entire, um competition and she had apparently freaked out because she hadn't seen anyone who looked like her and liked to wear fancy ball gowns at comic conventions and so that was like oh oh okay so then you know at this point we're all very teary after she's telling me the story and we hug and we take Mm -hmm. pictures and it was just like the sweetest moment being reminded that like representation matters and like there are people watching even though I'm just you know going to hang out at a con with my friends occasionally you know I get a guest spot and I have to like you know run around to the classes and do the thing but it was just it was nice to remember that I can be doing this for someone other than myself um yeah right oh that's awesome that's a good story so what is something you would tell yourself as start you know, when you're starting out in cosplay or a a beginner cosplayer, um, something you wish you would have known when you were starting. Follow the directions. Oh my gosh, follow the directions. All of the directions. If you open a pattern or you, um, you know, you're reading a tutorial or watching a tutorial, follow the directions. Press your seams, sharpen your blades when you're cutting foam, try new techniques, like for example, using a heat gun on a small scale or a small piece, like make a tiny dress or, um, you know, sew an entire seam on scrap fabric (laughs) just to test it out so that you can know how to break the rules later. Because otherwise you're going to have a lot of like Frankenstein 
patterns that make no sense. <laughs> and as a person who didn't have anybody really teaching me to do it, like I was like, no, I want this sleeve. And it worked out eventually. But this is, you know, 30 years later, I just learned how to do a welt pocket. So follow the directions. Like, <laughs> just just take a breath, follow the directions once, and then you can do whatever you want. All right. So last question, not really a question, <laughs> a request, I guess. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you and your amazing work on social media. I am Sci-Fi Cheer Girl on Instagram and Twitter, but Twitter is mostly Animal Crossing screenshots. Uh, I don't really use it for anything <laughs> else. And then my costuming blog is GreenLinenShirt.com, uh, just like you know World of Warcraft Green Linen Shirts, one of your first drops. Um, and I'm also Green Linen Shirt on Facebook, but I always forget to post there because like Twitter. I don't, <laughs> I don't really like Facebook so much, but uh, Instagram is the best place to find me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And uh, you have a new fan, <laughs> uh, at least, at least one, I think probably two new oh, fans. Thanks. Uh, love your mashups and your historical cosplays so much. Thank so you. We just really appreciate you being on with us Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, we hope you guys liked the interview with Shasta today. Uh, we had such a good time talking to her, and um, a fun one. yeah, it was a fun one. We really loved her. So, um, not that any of them are not fun, right? But uh, some of them sometimes just stand out. Yeah, I felt like we had a lot in common with them. Uh -huh. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. And when we discovered that we had those, the mashup or Coco mm -hmm. X Men, yeah, it was pretty exciting. I saw that picture. Yep. It was super cool. <laughs> So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can follow us and find out who we're going to have on for interviews and what the episodes are all about and just our general shenanigans. You can follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod, or you can join along with our journey on Twitter, uh, and we are there at Cosplay Pod. Um, or you can send us stuff, just, you know, a lot of different things over to the email where Jesse hangs out. Uh, yeah, you can send us cocktail recipes, mocktail recipes. I mentioned this before, but uh, I didn't quit drinking, but all but quit drinking in 2020. So um, some nice. And also, uh, I'd like to be more uh, inclusive to our audience because mm -hmm. some people just don't drink alcohol for various reasons. Right. Um, so if you don't. And we have no issue with that. So. Yeah. So we want to do some more mocktails. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think it'd be fun. Yep. And, you know, that way we well, are Like you said, we could make, <laughs> like, today's drink, like, you, a lot of mm -hmm. the things we do, you can add make alcohol to if right. you want to, mm -hmm. or you can make it a mocktail, right. so it makes it just better yep. for everybody. Yeah, so recipes for that, if you got a good one, uh, we wrote down one, I wrote down one from our interview, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, cosplay challenges, things for us to do, especially since it's still probably, it's 2021 now, but it's still going to probably be a while before conventions, conventions come back. So, uh, probably going to be doing a couple more cosplay challenges, ideas for that. If you've done one of our cosplay challenges, uh, and you want us to see the pictures and put the pictures on our social media, send those to us, just any pictures of your cosplays, cool cosplays, uh, that you're like, hey, Paige and Jess will probably like this. Send it on over. We probably will. Uh, corrections. Most important thing to me is that we ask for corrections. 
Uh, we say things, especially after we get a couple drinks in us, uh, might say some factually inaccurate, uh, you know, misspeaking. Like when I said that Dan Harmon, I can't remember, it's community yeah, you got that he worked though. on. But no, it was, I got, I caught myself on that one. It was when I called in number two instead of number one. Ah, yeah. Riker that I got called out on by your husband. <laughs> uh, uh, which in fairness, Riker is like my least favorite character, which might be why he's associated with number two. Right. In my head. Anyway, uh, correct us. Uh, if we say something wrong. Yes, please. Uh, If you have any funny convention or cosplay stories, we want to hear about them. Jessie has all kinds of weird things she wants you to tell her about. Yeah, not the weird, well, weird fish pics. Those are weird. (laughs) Weird fish facts. uh, Things from the ocean that are strange. Uh, Interesting plants and mushrooms. Uh, Cool science facts. Oregon concertos. Icelandic folk tales. If you want to go to the Longwood Gardens Oregon competition with me. What's stopping you? Someone, this is how I'm going to find my soulmate. I'm just going to keep mentioning on the podcast until someone's like, I've been waiting my whole life. What? Where can they send that stuff to? Our email is cosplayandcocktailspod at gmail.com. Oh, that's gmail.com. Um, are we done? Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Space and time, so don't cry. It's <laughs> a little prince for you. <laughs> We're going to get sued. No, you're going to cut that out. So. Maybe. <laughs>